Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 391, I'm welcoming back to the show, Carrie Kompakis. This is why God wants us to find our identity in Christ. Even if I'm having a bad day as a mom or they're not treating me well, you know, my central source of joy is coming from something that nobody can take away from me. I've already received great feedback from friends of mine who've texted that they loved my conversation last week with Carrie on how to connect with your daughters. Well, we just kept that good convo going and recorded a second episode. And today's topic is on us as moms and how there's this tendency to lose ourself in motherhood. And instead of finding our identity there, to find it securely in Christ, because he does not change, even though our roles as women, as moms shift over the years and in different seasons and apparent from a place of strength and not defeat. It's another great conversation. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Harry, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. It has been so fun to get to know you. And we talked about girl mom stuff and navigating that. Today, I would love to talk about your journey. You mentioned in that episode, kind of going all in on mothering and realizing as your girls were getting older that maybe that's not what you wanted to do. And so talk to us about that. Why is it not wise to find your identity in your kids? We may know it, but like we're doing it. (laughs) Right. I know. I think there are so many things we know in our head and it doesn't really connect to our heart until we make that mistake. And then we're saying, oh, now that's why (laughs) that's supposed to be my identity in Christ. (laughs) Right. And so I don't know. I I feel like we live in such a a culture of child-centered parenting. This is what I have felt that. And, you know, like to me, I'm like, these kids are loved. I'm not saying every child out there, but a lot of these kids, like they are so loved by their family, their community, their friends' parents, like they are just getting poured into. And so it's great. And I'd rather have a parent that's a little over-involved than under-involved, the parent that cares and one that's just apathetic. But what happened for me, I think, especially having the same gender, you know, girl after girl after girl, I was like, okay, this is my calling. I am all in 150%. That's my personality. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that I, I put my kids on this pedestal and probably made them an idol in my life. And I didn't even realize it because I'm just trying to be a good mom. And so, but for me, what I did is I ended up putting, okay, well, I used to do a lot with my friends before my kids came along, but I just, I'm too tired or I'm, I'm driving them and their middle school friends around on Friday night. And I'm just too tired to go hang out with my friends. And so I was putting that on the back burner, putting my marriage on the back burner. Like, Oh, Harry and I love each other. We're good. So, you know, we were exhausted by the end of the week, just trying to keep up with all of our kids. And so you don't really see, I don't know. And I think too, when our kids are little, you know, you need your friends, you know, you need that village. And then you hit that sweet spot where it's like just fun. You love hanging out as a family. You're watching movies on the weekend. I remember going through a phase thinking, I really don't even know if I need my friends. Like my family Mm -hmm. is enough right now. And then my kids grew up and they wanted to start being with their friends and they were pulling away. And my instinct was to get clingy and I got insecure because I thought I was losing them. And I think that's what I see moms behind me doing, but just you panic. And all of a sudden they've got this whole new world going on and you're trying to figure out how to be part of their world. And you've made them the center of your universe, but you're no longer the center of their universe. And so for me, I was like, oh, you know, so I would get mad, you know, if they weren't 
if they weren't bringing me joy, I would get mad at them. And so it really started to hurt the way that I was treating them. It was making me love them conditionally rather than unconditionally. So for me, I've just found that, okay, this is why God wants us to find our identity in Christ. Even if I'm having a bad day as a mom or they're not treating me well, you know, my central source of joy is coming from something that nobody can take away from me. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like if we are finding our joy there, if we've got our adult village and we got people building us up, like we talked about in the last episode, we can turn around and love our children. You know, regardless of how they're treating us today, we can be more of that strong and steady parent. But it really is not possible if we're depending on them for our joy. And, you know, and I even have adult friends that say that my mom still, she's just so needy. Like she, yeah. she can't be happy if I, unless I'm at home and I just feel this pressure and they don't want to go home. And so I'm always asking like, okay, what can I do to make my home in this relationship a place that my girls want to come back to? Because pretty soon they're going to have a choice. You know, they'll have a choice of whether to come home or come to me or go to somebody else. So I think as parents, it's good for us to remember, you know, the older older they get, the more we, we parent with a position of influence rather than control. And I think the way to have that relationship is to, to love them well and to, to be their mom, but to not make them our central source of joy, to not put that pressure on them and to instead find that in Jesus. Yeah. Because when your identity comes from them, what happens when they fail? Right. Exactly. And that happened, you know, and I've yeah. seen that too, that, and I've, I've done that, that okay, they struck, they fail or they make a mistake. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? Or what's everybody going to think about me? And all, and I'm thinking, okay, this is making their problem about me rather than I can't even help them through this problem because I'm too focused on what it means for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you were saying like these teen years, we need that even more because they are individuating. And if we haven't individuated first, and like been doing our work, <laughs> we always say that phrase, you know, right. do the work to get healthy so that anything that comes from your kids, that love that you said they do reciprocate when they're little, is just bonus. It's not right. necessary for your joy. There's, you've kind of broken off that codependency of I'm using all the psycho babble, but you know, you're not like right. dependent on them being happy with you for you to be okay. Yes. And that is something I can I totally relate to like, that's my journey in parenting was I did all child centered. Then I'm like, forget it. It's all about me. And then, I'm right. like, oh, okay. God has a plan here and he's going to use me. But even in that, I mean, it's continuing through relationships with other adults and through work that I'm doing and recovery for life and all of this stuff and therapy and prayer to keep getting back to I am a mom, but that is not all of who I am in this world. Yes. And I think uh, you you had said that when you do that, you become a more effective parent. So we think like making our child the center and keeping them happy and our happiness being tied up in that is a, being a quote unquote good mom. Right. But you found that like it's more effective long-term now that you have 20-year-old that you're doing your work to be calmer, kinder, and wiser than even your kids. Talk to us about that. Yes. You know, we we're talking about the relationship being too tied up, like the symbiotic relationship. I think that's where we, we yes. all fall into that category sometimes. And 
I have a counselor friend and she calls it the ET syndrome. And I'm sure you're probably the same yes. generation I am, but it's the yes. same, you know, ET and Elliot at the end, the more sick ET's getting, Elliot's getting sick too. And I think as moms, especially because we're the ones who are there, we're the ones driving their carpool and going to the doctor appointments and hearing about their friend issues. Like we're so invested in their life that sometimes they're going through these struggles and then we can't even handle it. We're falling to pieces right alongside with them, but no child wants to be the strongest person in the room. And so that's what we've got to remember as parents is, you know, our job is to be kinder and stronger and wiser. It's called the circle of security in therapy. And, um, and it's hard. And of course we all make mistakes, but I think that's the goal. Like, okay, this is not where I am now, but this is where I want to be. And so uh, my counselor friend gave me this example that if your daughter is about to go get on the emotional roller coaster, instead of joining that roller coaster with her, ah, you know, panicking alongside with her, you know, you tell her, okay, I'm not going to get on that roller coaster with you, but I'm going to be standing here on the platform waiting for you with my arms wide open when you're ready to get off. And I mean, I'm 50 years old and my dad still does that for me. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what we all crave in life is like, and so when I have a problem because my dad does that for me, he's the call I make, like he's Mm -hmm. still my go-to. And as our kids get older, like, I think that's what we, that's the biggest thing we, the best thing we can really give them is our advice and our mentorship and that guidance, but they're not going to come to us if we're not healthy, if we're not in a healthy place where we can give good advice. And so what occurred to me as our kids grow up, I feel like, I don't want to say you don't have to be in a healthy place when your kids are little, but a lot of what's required when our kids are little don't require a lot of mental health for us as moms, because you're changing diapers, you're fixing food, you're hugging them, you're loving them, you're kissing boo-boos that you're not really having to advise them on hard life things. And so sometimes our issues and our baggage kind of get buried and they, they don't really impact our children that much, but as they get older and they're facing harder things and we're trying to equip them for a really hard world you know, if we're not in a healthy place, even the advice that we give them might not be healthy or very, it might be tainted. And so that's why it really matters for us to get ourselves in a good place. Say we got a lot of anxiety that we never dealt with, where we're going to be projecting that on our daughter or our son who's de- dealing with anxiety and making it even worse. And so it really is, it's, we have to take that hard look at ourselves and, and know that God is so gracious and not, not beat ourselves up and know that that's, you know, we're all imperfect and there's no perfect mom and God is going to work with all those voids in our children's lives that maybe we didn't meet some standard, but that's okay. And I think that's when we tell our children, I'm not perfect, but Jesus is, you know, let him be your role model. I'm learning right here with you. And, and I will say this too, working with teenagers, like I do, I I think it's a gift. And I do this more with my daughters now than I did when they were even little as I'm okay. I let them see me being okay with being imperfect. Yeah. You know, like, mom, you, you know, you forgot to do this or forgot. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I did. I don't sit there and beat myself up over that. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I want them to know that I'm human and they're human, but these teenagers today that they just look on social media, they look around them. All they see is perfection. They think that, you know, one mistake will ruin their life forever. You know, they're growing up in an age of cancel culture. They're scared to death to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, they think that, you know, if this door doesn't open or they don't make this team, their life is over. And so it's really our job as parents to give them that hope and like, okay, you're going to mess up or you're going mm-hmm. to make mistakes or, you know, you might not make the team or you might be rejected, but it's okay because God's going to create another path and it'll have blessings too, but you just can't even see what that is quite yet. Yeah. And modeling, if you're finding your identity, like we said, in Christ and not in this role you have as a mom or their role as a student or their role, whatever it is. Like if your identity is outside of these things where you do fail, you can't fail right. being in Christ. Like, right. Right. Yes. It's, an, it's I, a no fail zone. 
It is a no-fail zone. One of the best pieces of parenting advice I received when my kids were little is when I'm getting angry, frustrated, to take a second and go drink a glass of water. Because most likely a lot of my reaction to just the challenges of having lots of little people around was that I was dehydrated. Well, it was us going on a ski trip, I think, and we were going to be up in high altitudes that I discovered liquid IV. And this year in 2023, one of my goals is to not only drink more water, I want to be better hydrated. And so I've been using liquid IV. Maybe some of you for Christmas got a Stanley cup. I fill up my Stanley cup and I add the liquid IV. Now, what's great is it's really convenient. If you once you fill up your water bottle, you can just dump it in. The packaging is really easy. I have been loving the lemon lime flavor, but I'm looking forward to trying some more flavors. They should be coming in an order soon. What's also awesome is not only does it help hydrate you two times faster than drinking water alone, it has five essential vitamins that I'm telling you we need as moms, the Bs, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, which is going to help you this season of winter with all of the things going around. I love that it has three times the electrolytes of a traditional sports drink, but it's made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, soy, and Liquid IV is on mission to change the world. They have donated over 25 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, big fan of Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and you use our special code DMA at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code DMA at liquidiv.com. It is. And I do think it helps us stay strong in those moments when things change or shift in their life. And a mom put it, I I love what a mom, I was on a speaking event and um, and I love the way that she put it. She's like, one thing I see in our community is that a lot of moms try to live in a state of preservation Mm. and they don't want anything to change. They, They love their children's friends. And so they see some shifts in the friend group going on. And so they're buying tickets to concerts or planning trips just to try to force that group to stay together Mm. rather than if you just, I mean, do what you can, but sometimes there's a reason that children are parting or that friendships are changing and it's, it's good. And so if you can just like, you know, pray about it and ask God for guidance and just, you know, trust him that if this does fall apart, if this doesn't work out because you're finding your identity in him, that he's going to create a new way, or he's going to bring new blessings. There's so much freedom on that other side. Well, and trusting, yeah, and trusting like your kids in that too. I think yes. sometimes we're like, why aren't you hanging out with so-and-so? And they know something that you don't know. Exactly. And so I think it it kind of gives them the message that you don't trust them to right. choose their friends. And when they're like navigating these situations, if you're trying to force people together that are no longer getting together. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's again, finding our identity in our kids' social connectedness yes. as if that makes us good moms too. Like I feel constantly burned. I want to be the house where all the kids come and that's just hasn't been the thing for my older boys. They just, we're just not the house and I get all worked up about it. And that is not me finding my identity in Christ. So right. what do we do? Like when we're outside, we're having that moment, we're going on that shame spiral, you know, I'm like, oh, it's cause I'm terrible at decorating or 
if only we lived blah, blah, blah. If I, I like go on the cycle of trying to find a reason why that ideal is not happening. Right. What do you do when you find yourself in that space? Yeah, I do. You're so right. It is because we're finding our identity in our children and yeah, blaming ourselves. And or in some, or in some, like, this is what good moms do. Right. Even this holiday season, you know, well, this episode comes out after the holidays, but in any season, right? like, oh, there's some ideal and I'm falling short of it. It must be because I'm doing something wrong. Right. You know, one thing I think just learning to talk to ourselves and just identify, I think sometimes we just have these lies that we tell ourselves and we've just told them for so long that we don't even realize what we're doing. Yeah. And so one thing I have to remind myself when I'm beating myself up that I have to remind myself, okay, God created me to parent with a spirit of strength and not defeat. Because mm-hmm. I know when I'm in that shame cycle and I'm feeling defeated, that I'm just, I'm not even going to be a happy mom. Like I'm just, it, it's just, everything's over. And so I, I have to tell myself, okay, that is not God telling me your house isn't pretty enough or you're, you're not a good enough cook or like, that's not God's voice in my head. And so really, I think just, you know, using that. So going to scripture and just, it helps doing the work that I do because I sit there and work with scripture all day and just remembering those truths and just like, you know, just going back to, to what God says. And it's like, you know, like I said, like you said, just maybe adjusting our expectations and say, okay, you know, this is not how I pictured it going, but this is not how I pictured Christmas going this year, but I'm going to look for the joy in the moment and I'm going to look for the blessing here. And, uh, you know, what is it that I'm going to miss about this season one day? And, and I heard a, one of the young moms in my neighborhood. So that was her favorite piece of parenting advice somebody gave her um, as an older woman. And she said, when you wish away the hard parts of a season, you're wishing away the good parts of that season too. Mm. And so I think as moms, sometimes we're like, we're just in that we're stuck and like, what do I need to do differently in the future? Or what am I doing wrong? And we're kind of stuck there. And we're totally missing the joy of that season our kids are in. And it's just temporary. Yeah. And then I'll never forget, like when my kids were little, like you think they're going to trick or treat forever. And then all of a sudden one year they're like, oh, I'm not trick or treat. I'm not dressing up this year. And I'm thinking, well, if I'd known that I would have taken more pictures last year. Like I would have made a bigger <laughs> to do. the just end. spring it on you. You know, your little girl, I'm not wearing bows anymore. No, I love you in hair bows. And it's, you're not yeah. really ready for it. Those little things. And so, you know, it's, it's a season and even our season with teenagers right now, like we're going to miss so much of what's going on right now, even if it's the making TikToks in the kitchen or just having all their friends over and they, you know, queso in the kitchen at 12 o'clock at night or whatever it is, just, just finding, okay, what is right? Like, this is not what I wanted it to be, but I'm so thankful that, you know, they still want me to pick them up from basketball practice. You know, that's where I'll find my connection with them and just see like, okay, this is not all what I want it to be, but I do really love this aspect of our relationship. And I'm going to invest here and just try to find the joy in that moment. Did you struggle like as your oldest goes off to college or even in the teen years, your family not being like, you know, like when they're little, you can control and everybody's going to everything. But then you hit a season where it's like, oh, we're not doing everything as a family, the family of six. Right. Yeah. Even letting go of that ideal. I did. I, I think that's one reason I was so sad her senior year, because I was just like, oh, you know, it'll never be the same. And I will be it is hard. I mean, there is a lot harder for us to get together. And that's why I tell my husband, that's why I love doing a family trip together, you know, when we can, because that's like just time that they're just, you know, you're forced together. And so I know I'm going to have that. And so it's easier to go your separate ways when you know you got something to look forward to, or it might be once coming home for Christmas, let's go do a family dinner and get a reservation, have it planned. So it does take more planning, but you know, one thing that helped me and this, I shared this on a, a podcast once that 
it was kind of, I felt like God was working on my heart because I was really struggling with that. And so her senior year, I was like, we are doing spring break together. So our last spring break, you know, we're going to do something special. So we went to the Florida Keys. I was so excited about this trip. We had a fishing trip and some things we hadn't done before. And two weeks before spring break, she had a group of friends that wanted to go to the beach and they could all go except for her and one other girl. And she really wanted to go. And I was like, I'm sorry, you know, we've bought plane tickets. This is our last family vacation, all of that. And so we had a great trip and, you know, she had fun, but there were a couple of times during the week when we had just gone out and done something fun and we're back in the hotel room and I see her looking at her phone and she's scrolling through her friend's pictures. And I just see the sadness on her face. Like she wanted to be with her friends. And at first I was like, I felt so hurt. Like, oh, you know, I've just done this great trip. Like, is this not good enough for her? But then it's like, I felt God working on me that saying that this is how it's supposed to be. Like she's supposed to be ready to leave home. And so I had to ask myself, like, what do I want? Like, do I want her to be so clingy to us that she doesn't want to go to college and, or that she doesn't have friends she wants to be with, that she only wants to be with her family. For me, I was like, that would be terrible. Like, I don't want that. Like, this is how it's supposed to go. And so I felt like that's how he started preparing my heart for that season. And then when she was going, you know, she was nervous about, is this going to be good? And, and I realized, you know, in her moment of self-doubt that first, that week before she went, I realized I was like, okay, my job now is to be her cheerleader and to like cheer her on and be that safe place she can come back to. But my role is changing. And so I think it does help as we make, we transition one or two to, to be like, okay, it's, you know, they're doing what they need to be doing, but hopefully if we've created those roots at home and those relationships, hopefully we've given them a place they want to come back to and a relationship they want to come back to. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but it's helped me like lean into, well, I may not have everybody, but rather than worshiping that idea, right. Is here and who can I have fun with and recognizing that is what I, that's what's in front of me right now. Yes. It's not this like all six of us, you know? Yes. And that's such a great point. We had a football game earlier this year and my, my 12 year old, all the girls were doing something. And so she has this group of like four or five little girls. They do everything together. So I was like, let's, we'll take all of you, you know, put you in the car. So it felt like the old days of having all my kids together in one car, only it was her and her friends. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's a great idea too. Yeah. Just to, to find peace in that. And it reminded me of when I had a, my first book came out, somebody said it was one of the best pieces of advice I got as a new author. She said, when you're having an event, like, don't sit there and think about or dwell on who didn't come. Mm. Instead, just enjoy the people who are there. And yeah. she said, if you have a party at your house, you know, if you're just enjoying who came, you're going to have a great time. But if in the back of your mind, you're sitting there all night dwelling on who's not there, it's going to take away the joy. And so I love what you said. I think it's the same thing with our kids that I kind of learned that, you know, usually when you have four, you're, they're keeping you pretty busy anyway. But um, just like, okay, this is my one-on-one time with this child, or, you know, I get two or three of them together. And it's, it's interesting because the dynamic always changes based on who's totally, together. Totally. Moms, another way you can take care of yourself, and remember you are more than a mom, is the simple thing of putting on a little makeup. And I'm telling you that one of my favorite things is Thrive Cosmetics. I not only love their products, it's hard to find clean products that work well. And I have found that everything I've gotten from Thrive has been awesome. So I 
have been using, I've told you about this before, but I'll tell you again, the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. It's the first vegan tubing mascara. Basically, it creates a tube around each lash, so it's gonna lengthen your lashes because it doesn't break them when you take it off. As you use warm water and a washcloth, no soap needed, the tubes just slide right off your lashes. No problem, but what's even better is it stays all day without clumping or smudging or flaking. It's great. I have been loving that. I've also been trying their Brilliant Eye Brightener. Who needs them? <laughs> Raise your hand if you need a little help with eye brightener. Um, I, it's like a cream to powder highlighter stick that you can put and create a little instant eye lift. I'm not a, you know, makeup guru, but this is working for me. Put a little bit in the inner corner. Looks like you had lots of sleep, even if you haven't. Uh, and they give money to so many amazing partners. So they have this bigger than beauty. And so every product that's purchased through Thrive Cosmetics, cause like a cause that they're giving to, donates to help communities thrive. They have over 300 giving partners across the country. So now's a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics if you haven't for yourself. Right now you can get 15% off your first order when you go to thrivecosmetics.com forward slash DMA. That's Thrive Cosmetics and it's cause like C-A-U-S-E. M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash DMA for 15% off your first order. Something else that's helping me as a mom in multiple ways is Thrive Market. Now, it helps save me time in that I don't have to go to one more store to get the specialty items I want or the essentials that I need. Also, it's saving me money because with each thing I'm buying, I'm saving a percentage. Let me go through my last order. So I Picked out my new favorite laundry detergent that I add into my special things. It's Indigo Wild. It has a frankincense and myrrh essential oils. And it was 6% off through Thrive Market. I'm also getting Lily's Sweets sugar-free baking chips to make some treats for the boys with a little less sugar. Uh, it was 9% off. I'm getting my maple syrup, 25% off. Also a vitamin D like spray vitamin supplement that was 29% off. Y'all, this is so awesome, especially these days where everything is ridiculous. And not only that, they have deals on a page that changes every day, so I can get cash back on lots of different brands, and they have a price match guarantee. Not only does it save me money, but the another place it saves me time is they have filters on their website or even on the app, over 70 filters. So if you're looking for certified, gluten-free, or non-toxic cleaning essentials, you can make your own shopping experience happen with just a click of a button. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one -one membership program. When you join, they give. So join Thrive Market today. Get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash DMA for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash DMA, thrivemarket.com slash DMA. Okay, before we have to wrap up this one, talk to the mom who things are just, maybe I know she knows she shouldn't find her identity in her kids, but her kids are not, they're going through a real hard season. This is just not what she thought it would be. She did all the Bible study growing up. She made all the memories and now she's in the season of really hard. And I know you have these mom friends and I know those moms reach out to you. And it is like you said, everybody's got their own journeys, but it is real hard. How do you 
navigate through that as a mom, loving your kid, while also really grieving that it feels like all that investment and time was quote unquote wasted. Yes. Um, you know, I think just the best thing we can do for our kids as they grow up is just to be their prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. And just to just, I mean, when my kids are going through something really hard, like I'm like on my knees praying and just know that, you know, we live in a world of good versus evil. And and I feel like this next generation, they are, I just feel like there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on. And so as moms, just really fighting for our children, fighting for their hearts and not losing that hope of Jesus. And, you know, one of my spiritual role models is um, St. Monica. So mm-hmm. she's the mother of St. Augustine. And okay. I think yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah. And so he was, he was raised in the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. She did all the right things. Yep. And then he was this crazy, rebellious, wayward, he youth. Wild. Wild, he wild, wild child. Yeah. And she prayed for him. Like, this is what I can't get over. She prayed for him for 17 years. And I'm like, I, I've had a hard to pray for one thing for a year. <laughs> for 17 days. 17, I mean, yeah, 17 <laughs> days. Exactly. But she did it for a year, wow. you know, for 17 years. And, you know, right before she died, he came back to the Christian faith. And not only that, became a priest and then a bishop and then ultimately a saint. But the cool thing is, I mean, this was 1600 years ago. And I think they said that 5 million of his words are still in print. Like you can go on Amazon and order one yeah. of his books now. I had to go through it to like find a, I quoted something from him in my last book and I had to find a reference. It's very hard. Uh-uh, that's no, a lot. it's very, very hard. Yeah, yes. no, that's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. The and impact so me, he's had. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's, I was like 1600 years later. And so you think about it, if we didn't have St. Monica, his mother praying for him, we probably wouldn't have St. Augustine. And mm-hmm. so to me, I just think keeping those visions in your head that your prayers are being heard, that where your child is today, this is not their future, that, you know, God, we have no idea what God can do in the life of our child. Mm-hmm. And you probably can say this too. I meet so many people in ministry who were the wild child or they were off the rails yeah. and they are so good and so effective at what they do because they know how to reach those hard to reach kids. They know how to reach the drifters. They are not judgmental at all because they have been there. And so I just think that, you know, really just you know, doing what you need to do as a mom, but don't lose hope, you know, just know that through Christ and through God, everything's possible. And I think it it does help to have those examples. It might be another mom. It might be St. Monica, but just those examples of moms and what they did and how they kept the faith. even when their child was not in a great place. We're just not following this pattern that we've decided every kid has to follow in order to be a functioning adult. Like just encouraging the moms in my own little community or just moms that I interact with that just because your child's not following the story of all their peers doesn't mean it's a failure for life. Like this is, like you said, a long-term story. I would much rather a child who is sold out for Jesus because they've learned to depend on him than a child who's just posing and playing the game and going through the motions and has no relationship, like no need for Jesus. So I just... I don't know. I, I hope, I hope moms that listen to this show know I'm very anti like thinking you have to follow some formula to turn out a, on a functioning adult that exactly. is so expansive. And every person in the Bible had a different journey. There was no copycat story. And even he's flipped his kingdom as an upside down kingdom. Like he's the weak beat the strong all the time. I don't know. I just think sometimes we can get so caught up in our culture of parenting and 
you do this and then you do this and then you put it on Facebook that they got this award and you, all the things that when our child isn't lining up with that, we feel like something's wrong and it's right. It's hard. It's hard. It feels very lonely. And the number of individual moms that will reach out, I'm like, I wish you could all see each other. Like, yes, yes, I agree. And I just think just really taking that long-term view and something that's always helped me is our job as moms is to plant the seeds and Mm. we cannot, we cannot control when those seeds are going to take root. But I heard this in church one time that our job is to plant the seeds and to, to feed their faith, but God is going to make sure those seeds take root at a time most opportune to their salvation. Mm-hmm. So for me as a mom, I'm thinking, okay, I'm telling them all these things today. They might be rolling their eyes, but it might be 20 years from now and they're in a really dark place and something happens and their heart just cracks open and all those seeds just fall in and take root. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what we've got to know. It's like, we can only do so much as moms that they've got free will. You know, God is working in their life. God works, loves them more than we do. And just trusting that our, our efforts and these seeds we're planting, they're not a waste that, you know, mm-hmm. God is going to use them. And we have no idea, but it might be at a time when they most need it. I can't say anything more than that. That's amazing. That's exactly right. Well, Carrie, thank you so, so much for joining me today. I know people can find you on the Girl Mom podcast. You also have a website. Is it Carrie Compact? How do you say your last name? I want to say <laughs> Compact. No, I'm going to mess it up. You go ahead. No, I think you're on the right track. It's Carrie Compacus. Yeah, Compacus. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's dot .com. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I hope that if y'all have not heard of Carrie, you will connect with her now and be encouraged on the regular on Instagram and all the places. Thank you, Carrie. It has been such a delight to get to know you and chat with you. Well, I love this. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. And hope we get to meet in person sometime next time. I'm going to him. Yeah. Yes. Definitely call me up. Thanks y'all so much for listening. This conversation really does bring to mind, and maybe it's just because I've been thinking about it all of last year, and I get to bring it to y'all this year. It's my next book called Right Where You Belong, and it is helping women in general identify where God has them, what's the space he has you in right now. And I'll be talking more about that in 2023 as the book releases April 18th. You can buy it wherever books are sold, pre-order. But I'm going to pray over us because I know this is challenging, and I know the core of what the enemy wants us to do is to forget who we are and to attack us at our core identity. And with motherhood, that is, you know, a lot of places where we can be attacked. So I'm going to remind us and pray over us in that. Lord, I thank you that you have invited us into this place of motherhood, whether it's through biological children or adopted ones, whether we have married into a family with children, you have decided that you want to partner with us and parent. And I pray, Lord, that we would find our strength not in how our children perform or in their happiness or in our connectedness even with them, but that we would find our identity in who you say we are and how that does not change because Christ does not change, who he is does not change, his love for us does not change. It's a firm place for us to stand and for us to then parent from that place of strength and identity and worth. And I pray, Lord, that for any mom who is feeling a bit lost and has forgotten a bit of how you made her and what you have for her, that she would seek you and ask you, Lord, through prayer, through time, 
and reflection and just quiet that she could make time for that Lord. And even though motherhood is busy, life is busy, work is busy, that she could make time and space to ask you, God, how you've made her, where you have her, and what you're inviting her into right now, in this season, in this time, in this space, and what you're assigning her, and that she could partner with you in the power of the Holy Spirit to do those things well. And I pray, Lord, for Carrie, I thank you for her ministry to moms of girls and just moms in general, Lord. I pray that she would know your love and your heart for her and that you would fill her with strength and encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, y'all. Thanks for joining me today. Next week, super fun. Um, It's going to be an episode for me. I got a few things to say. And uh, it's kind of like a kickoff to the year, right? A little team meeting of sorts before we head into another year of content and information. So I'm excited to share that with you. And uh, if you want to make sure you stay connected, one great way is I send out a little note um, now on Tuesdays. And you can sign up for that over at olaheather.com, ola with an H like Heather, uh, .com. And it'll show up in your little inbox, things I'm loving, what I'm thinking about, just some thoughts from me, and we can stay connected that way. All right, I'll see you back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah three seventeen, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.